Delicious meets nutritious in the snack that packs a real protein punch, wonderful pistachios. Each one-ounce serving of wonderful pistachios has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value and making wonderful pistachios one of the highest protein nuts. But perhaps more than that, I love all of the flavors they have. Their sea salt and vinegar ones are my favorite when I'm craving that flavor but want to keep it healthy. But that's just the tip of the iceberg. Wonderful pistachios come in a variety of flavors, like chili roasted, honey roasted, smoky barbecue, and jalapeno lime, perfect for enjoying with family and friends or taking them with you on the go. Whether you're a pistachio purist who loves cracking open every nut or you prefer the convenience of no-shells pistachios, Wonderful Pistachios has got you covered. Grab Wonderful Pistachios and elevate your snacking game today. So fill up with a healthy snack when hunger strikes. Visit wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more. That's wonderfulpistachios.com. This is Optimal Health Daily, episode 2168. Can you only absorb 30 grams of protein in a sitting? By Aidan Muir of idealnutrition.com.au. And I'm Dr. Neil Malik, your host and narrator. Hey there, and welcome back to Optimal Health Daily, where I simply read to you from the best health and fitness blogs for free. And on Fridays, I answer your questions. You can send one in at oldpodcast.com slash ask, or just send an email to health at oldpodcast.com. All right, and with that, let's get right to today's post and start optimizing your life. Can You Only Absorb 30 Grams of Protein in a Sitting? by Aidan Muir of idealnutrition.com.au. A common claim in the nutrition world is that you can only absorb X amount of protein in a sitting. Theoretically, going higher than that amount is wasted. The X number that's often used varies between 20 grams and 40 grams. In this article, I will systematically go through where this idea comes from and how relevant it is. Absorption versus used for muscle. As a quick note, we obviously absorb more than 30 grams of protein in a sitting. That aspect is not really up for debate. If we did not absorb it, the calories would just go missing and wouldn't count. And we know that's not true. Protein has more functions than just muscle growth. It can even be converted to glucose and used for energy. The part most people care about is whether going above that has any benefits for muscle growth. So that's what the rest of this post is about. Where does this idea come from? The main place this idea comes from is research on muscle protein synthesis. One commonly cited example of this is a study that involved 80 grams of protein spread over 12 hours following resistance training. The researchers utilized a pattern of eight servings of 10 grams of protein every one and a half hours four servings of 20 grams every three hours, and two servings of 40 grams every six hours. Muscle protein synthesis was greatest in those who consumed the four servings of 20 grams of protein. In that study, there was no further benefit of the 40 grams of protein on muscle protein synthesis. Other research has found similar findings that muscle protein synthesis peaks after around 20 to 40 grams of protein. This varies depending on the size of the individual and the training protocol used. A major flaw in the muscle protein synthesis argument. If we were to only look at the acute muscle protein synthesis angle, this thinking has an often overlooked flaw. 
net muscle gain is not just based on muscle protein synthesis. Muscle protein breakdown is the other side of the equation, although this is more difficult to measure. More importantly, most of these studies looking at muscle protein synthesis involve the consumption of a protein supplement in isolation. Consuming a mixed meal that contains carbohydrates and fats, including whole foods, could change this a bit. A study from 2020 fitting this description compared 40 grams of protein versus 70 grams of protein. If you were of the understanding that we were limited to 20 to 40 grams of protein in a single sitting, you would assume there would be no difference in muscle protein synthesis. Both meals in this study were calorie matched, containing roughly 1,100 calories, 35 to 45 grams of fat, and 115 to 150 grams of carbs. Muscle protein breakdown was significantly lower in the high protein group, and to a lesser degree, muscle protein synthesis was also higher. So even if we looked at just muscle protein synthesis, there are situations where going above 40 grams of protein leads to further increases. Longitudinal data. We have quite a lot of research on muscle protein synthesis, and we usually use that as a proxy measure of muscle growth. But it also makes sense to look at research on the topic we actually care about, actual muscle growth. While there is less research on this, the studies we do have indicate that meal frequency matters far less than total protein intake. This finding would not make sense if we were limited to only 30 grams of protein in a sitting. Another flaw, research on intermittent fasting. If we were limited to 30 grams of protein in a sitting, those with low frequencies of protein intake should struggle to gain or retain their muscle mass, even if protein intake was high. Well, that's not what we see. When calories and protein intake are similar, people in intermittent fasting studies retain muscle roughly as well as those with higher frequencies. One area where the research is still sparse is regarding muscle growth instead of just muscle retention and intermittent fasting. This is important because almost all studies involving intermittent fasting involve a calorie deficit, which makes muscle growth less likely to happen. A nuanced view. Total protein intake matters far more than protein timing and frequency, but those things still matter a bit. If we're trying to optimize absolutely everything, it makes sense to focus on protein distribution. So let's narrow it down to three key recommendations based on the research. One, aim for a total of 1.6 to 2.2 grams of protein per kilogram of body weight per day. This is the gold standard for muscle growth. Two, distribute that over four to six meals containing 0.4 to 0.55 grams of protein per kilogram body weight. And three, have at least one of those meals that are greater than 0.4 grams of protein per kilogram body weight and make that within three to five hours of your training session. Going above that total protein intake recommendation does not seem to further increase muscle growth outside of rare cases. You might be wondering how it's possible for both the acute muscle protein synthesis data to indicate that this peaks after 20 to 40 grams and the longitudinal data that indicates meal frequency matters less than total protein intake. The simplest factor among many could simply be that one, higher protein intakes in a sitting elevate muscle protein synthesis for longer, even if it peaks at a similar point. And two, mixed meals slow down absorption which contributes to this longer elevation in muscle protein synthesis. Summary. 
muscle protein synthesis often does peak after 20 to 40 grams of protein in a sitting. But when you look at the big picture, that does not mean we are only limited to that amount. Instead of viewing that as a limit, think of it more as a minimum. Total protein intake is even more important. In situations where you can't spread the protein intake out throughout the day, it makes sense to go above that amount to help meet your total protein target. If you could only consume protein one to three times a day and you had a high protein target, limiting yourself to a maximum of 30 grams of protein in a single sitting could mean you fall significantly short of that target. In a perfect world, to optimize muscle growth, you should have 0.4 to 0.55 grams of protein per kilogram body weight over four to six meals. But if that's unrealistic, switching the focus to total protein and distributing the protein the best you can is the next best thing. You just listened to the post titled, Can You Only Absorb 30 Grams of Protein in a Sitting? by Aiden Muir of idealnutrition.com.au. When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it filters out incompatible applicants. So when you're hiring, the process is much faster and you only have to consider applicants that are already likely to be a great fit. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com slash health. Just go to indeed.com slash health right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash health. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Dr. Neil here for my commentary. I've talked about this idea of protein absorption before. When I was in school, I learned that we could only absorb about 20 grams of protein at any given time. As today's author Aiden said in today's article, as more research has been conducted, we're learning more and more about this. While there is still a limit to how much protein the body can absorb at a given time, this amount can be changed by a number of factors. Aiden mentioned many of these factors, like the combination of proteins that are being absorbed, other foods or nutrients that are being consumed at the same time. Even the type and amount of physical activity that was performed before can influence protein absorption. But part of the problem with some protein supplements, beyond the fact that they may contain impurities, is that they often contain protein combinations that the body isn't used to. So they may contain high amounts of one or two proteins, but at the same time, may be really low in others. And this combination isn't often found in nature. So if we were to use this supplement and expect to absorb all of the protein in it, it may not be what actually happens in reality. So if we want to maximize our protein absorption, just as Aiden said, think about consuming it with other foods like carbohydrates, get it from whole foods, and spread it out over the course of the day. And if you can exercise and perform some resistance training along with it, you'll probably maximize your protein absorption even further. All right, and with that, I hope you have a great rest of your day and I'll see you back here tomorrow for another post and where your optimal life awaits.